Jesus. Amen. Yeah, whether they like it or not, we will come. Hallelujah. Somebody say we will come. Somebody say we will come. Oh, talk to me. Say we will come. Yeah, we thank God so much for such a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. We thank God for what God is doing in us, for us, around us, upon us, under us, and for us. Hallelujah. We are experiencing a lot of things, a lot of breakthroughs, a lot of testimonies. Lives have been transformed. Minds have been renewed. You know, God is sending us somewhere. Hallelujah. And we thank God for another session in His presence. And so, just as we spoke about yesterday, we spoke about the, the last two days. We handled the doctrine of redemption and we, we, we spoke about the fact of the, the truth of God's word and everything. And today the man of God is continuing with us on the doctrine of righteousness. But um, we're using the case study of the armor of God, the armor of God. So we are going to explain the breastplate of righteousness. Somebody say the breastplate of righteousness. Somebody say breastplate of righteousness. At the end of this service, you are going to have righteousness as your breastplate. Hallelujah. Everyone is going to see you anywhere you walk, anywhere you go. We shall see righteousness around you because the breastplate is going to be seen. Hallelujah. Oh, let me see you. I can't feel your activeness at all. Where are the rest? Where are the rest? Tell them time is ongoing. Let's join us and let's learn. Hallelujah. Tell them to join us so that we learn. People don't like teaching services. But they don't know that it is actually the teaching services that um it will enlighten us on on what God is doing. And I believe we are we are up to something. Hallelujah. Yeah, so let's let's get ready for another session. We learned the last time that the Christian faith is a faith of knowledge. Hallelujah. The Christian faith is a faith of knowledge. Faith in God is actually knowledge of God. That means that anyone who doesn't have enough knowledge, you will have a different kind of faith. So the faith you have is actually a function of your knowledge. The faith you have the effectiveness of your faith, the, the level of your faith, everything that we talk about is based on knowledge. So the kind of thing you know or the information you have is that which determines your faith. And it, that, faith, that faith becomes the substance of your worship. The Bible said that faith is the substance of things hoped for. So the substance of your worship of God, the substance 
the evidence of your worship of God, that which evidences you as somebody who worships God, somebody who has intimacy with God, is your faith. And that faith is a function of your knowledge, function on what you know. That's why the, the teaching services and teaching ministries and teaching seasons are very, very important because that is where the word or that is where knowledge is communicated. That is where informations are relayed. So anytime there's a twist in information, anytime there's a kind of falsehood in the kind of knowledge being disposed, it means that it's going to affect the, the substance that we have in our worship. I, 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 I hope you are getting it. So don't, don't trivialize teaching services. Don't trivialize sessions where we are being taught. That's why you're on this platform. We teach a lot. We expose you on so many truths because it is the way the teaching that exposes you to what you are supposed to know. So what you know determines what you assess. What you know determines what you get. You can never you can never be beyond or you can never be more than what you are. You can never be more than what you know. So the state of your being right now, spiritually, medically, health-wise, whatever academically whatever level we are talking about it's because of the kind of knowledge you have because your as i said the substance of your worship of god is your faith and that faith is a function of knowledge somebody say knowledge so anytime you are having access to knowledge you shouldn't joke that's the time people be fooling it's knowledge what you know is what you become and what your that's your state it becomes your work the bible said that the word is a light that means your knowledge becomes the kind of light you walk in your knowledge becomes the path you walk in is the lamp and the light so the kind of knowledge you carry determines the the lamp that is showing you direction and that the light that is shining on your path yeah yeah so if it is a false knowledge it means you're going to walk in darkness Though it's to you, it's a lamp, but that lamp may be functioning wrongly. That's what you see. Every decision you take in life is based on a particular knowledge. There's a kind of information that informs everything we do, spiritually, academically, or whatever. Then the reason why you failed in that exam is because you didn't have the right knowledge, or you didn't have the right knowledge enough. Either you didn't have the right knowledge at all, or you didn't have it enough. So the, the access to right information is very important. And but you see a lot of people making funny things about it and trivializing the place of knowledge. And sometimes it baffles me. And they want to grow. And they want miracles. And they, 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 they don't they, they, they and they want God to intervene. They want divine intervention. They want breakthroughs. They want answers. They want results. Like how can they be results if there's no knowledge? Ah. It's not possible. A man of knowledge is a man of resource. A man of resource is a man of knowledge. Every person we know in this world who has become a great person, a successful person, is because the person knows something you don't know. So, actually, we say that breakthrough and interventions and success is actually a discovery system. It's your access to something you don't know. Are we in church? Are we in church? Yeah, you know that when you come for when you come to this platform, they will say things to you. Yeah, we tell you things. You have come here, so we will let you know. 
and we are not going to change what we say what we say is what we say and that's what we keep on saying because that is the truth you need to know every breakthrough is because of a knowledge it is because of a discovery are we church i'm not feeling you crap yeah yeah so the, the economy of a country developed because they discovered an oil they discovered a gold it's always on discovery something that wasn't there it was there but they didn't know so every breakthrough is based on a discovery and that discovery is knowledge they got to know that there was oil here they got to know that there was gold here they got to, it is a knowledge it's a knowledge initially they thought there wasn't no there wasn't gold the oil that was discovered in ghana had always been there but we didn't know but we had a kind of knowledge so you see let me tell you something before the man of god continues he has signaled me he's ready now listen to me it, there's nothing like i don't know it's some is when you say i don't know it means you know the wrong information or you know you know the wrong thing yeah don't say i don't know see i don't have the right information or don't say i don't have the right knowledge and if you don't have the right knowledge it means you don't have faith because faith is access to the right knowledge which is connected to the right thing to do on the right time for the to the right destination that's what faith is all. so the substance of our worship of god is faith and that faith is a function of knowledge you don't know you how do you how do you want god to transform you and make you a billionaire you want to marry it's knowledge what do you know you know what do you know about god what do you know about the systems that work that produces miracles you don't know so some of these things as well begin to pray in the spirit begin to pray in the spirit pray in the spirit as the man of god talks about One thing you have to also understand is that all anyone who is not having knowledge works in deceit. Anyone who is not having knowledge works in faith. In fact, we talk about genuine, we're talking about knowledge. No one have no one full of knowledge works in deception. The, all genuine people are people who are full of knowledge because they know. You don't know. That's why you are faking. Why would you fake? Why would you intentionally fake in order to be disadvantaged in life? Who would do that? Even a mad person would not do that. A mad person, as mad as he is, will never see fire and run into it. So, for you to see a, a, a rational, logical person who is not mad running into fire, why the person is seeing fire? It means that. Uh, the person is not having the right information somewhere. It means something is wrong. It means the person is carrying an information which led him or her to the fire, thinking the fire is not fire. Or thinking that the fire will produce something else. Uh, am I speaking to somebody? Knowledge, oh Lord. Hallelujah. Breastplate of righteousness. Amen. Some of you thought I've stopped teaching on the arm of God. I haven't. I told you I was preaching some messages called the bridge messages. So I get you back on track. How many of you are on track now? 
You feel the fire of God. You want to pray again. Amen. I told you that in this season, from now right up to July, and the enemy is doing something. He's making people tired. May you not be found as a captive of Satan's plans. You will not be tired in Jesus' name. I said you will not be tired in Jesus' name. You will serve God with fervency. I said you will serve God with fervency. Your past will not hold you down. I said your past will not hold you down. Your mistake will not define you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You are entering a new phase. And the devil will not hold you down. Hallelujah. So we had a wonderful three months of the belt of truth. Amen. And I noticed when I was praying, the Holy Spirit said to me, says, you know, you have to come back again and come and stir your people up to read the Bible. Because a lot of you have stopped reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I come to your rooms in the night. I, mean, I visit you as a mosquito. A mosquito. I visit. Some of you are not reading. You are sleeping. Hey, you are back. You are back. Some people have not jumped Genesis 50. You are still there. Genesis arrested you. You have been seeing Exodus, but I have never crossed the border. Yeah, you are still in Genesis. Hey! But the sweet thing about it is that there are 1,819 chapters of the Bible. In 10 chapters reading per day, you will do this in 182 days. What it tells me is that even if it's left with three months, even in the month of September, if grace is allowed to flow, because you see, you need grace because you think it's only three months. But I tell you the truth. The Bible is not an academic book. It's a living book. If you approach it wrongly, you will get, get stuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need anointing to constantly read. Amen. And this year, I pray for you that you'll finish the Bible. Yeah, because what I have for the Bible finishes in December. It's a serious blessing. I know that some of you, by now you should break away from incentive kind of living. The church is not that way. It's like when you put, you are, like you are, you are like, some people, some people came to realize that, man of God, I finished the Bible. Because man, when we finished the first Bible reading, we gave some seeds to some people. So some people are like, they are waiting for dollars this year. It's a lie. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, I didn't make Professor God pray for some of those who finished the Bible in March. But the Holy Ghost prevented me. But you never know. For all you know, I can bust you and say, Papa, that's what people have finished Bible. I want you to oil them for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are the incentives. Amen? Yeah. $50 to finish. $100 to finish. By now, eh, as a child of God in this ministry, when you hear $2,000, be appreciative, but don't worship it. $2,000? That's 11,000 cities. By now. I'm serious. You see, finances say, let me tell you something. Your breakthrough is at the level of your mindset. If your mind still sees $2,000 as big money, I'm not saying don't be grateful. Don't get me wrong. It's a blessing for anybody to ever give you 100 CDs. It's a powerful blessing. Someone walk up and say, God said I should give you 100 CDs. You have no, the selfishness of human beings. For somebody to give you their money is a serious blessing. Yeah. But you too, you must make sure. That's why in the early church, they put money at the apostles' feet. So that they, the money is a tool. So by the time you have a certain mindset that $2,000 is more money, no man on earth with a pot belly can deceive you $2,000 to enter his bed. What money is that? If I if enter in this so tie, and there are some entries when you enter, you never come out. 
Did you understand? If there is anything I want to do to destroy my life, I will increase the value. I said, listen, for the trouble I'll go through in this life, they earn not less than 50K dollars. Then I know that. $50,000 is worth the case. <laughs> no, because I don't understand why $100, $200 that you just allow any useless guy. It's a lie. Your mindset must change. Your mindset must change. One of this, you have to shock your account. Shock your account. The Holy Ghost, shock my account. <laughs> so people are here, they say, Prophet, you have no idea. God has made me give certain seeds in this news I would have never given anywhere. I say, yes, God is shocking your account. Because you see, you don't understand what the money is. If you did there, 50,000 CDs would not be difficult to give. You worship it. I mean, I should give you CDs. Hey, me. If they sell my own house, 50,000 CDs, that's, that's what you got into. You value your family at $50,000. Oh, Carbeton Joseph. At valuation of your mother, father, cousin, all your doctor, brothers, you say 50K, who will sell everybody. Then that's a problem. And the problem is not the money, it's the mindset. Yeah. At, at times you come here, your mindset about money should be such that a day should not go by and you've not sown a seed. Like you wake up and say, ah, who am I? It's like today the day is some way. <laughs> who can I bless? And you just, you just start speaking in tongues. Rah, bah, bah, bah. And God just tells oh, your brother is in a trotro somewhere. He needs a seed. Oh, then the Ghana just... So, because the whole day has not given seed. You understand? But you come to that frequency where you can give seed because the day has passed and you've not given seed. It implies that you are in surplus. You understand? No. You've come to that place. You shut your system. I told you some years ago, my first year of recording my seeds, I guess 6,000 seeds, 2009. 6,000. Now I just finished national series. No, I vow. I vow to be broke for God. You understand? <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll get you there. Because God spoke to me when I was, uh, somebody said some things about my, the way I'm talking about giving. God said, if you, if you don't do that, you will be poor. I said, okay. I will tell them, those who are ready will be millionaires. And will prove to everybody that the way of the kingdom is giving and receiving. You see, the kingdom way is giving and receiving. It's simple. It's a simple something. Amen. If you are an Amazon, go to his pharmacy. Here, that's why they built a pharmacy. Yeah. Have you shared that testimony? You have shared it. Yeah, yeah, built the pharmacy. He called me. He wanted to take a loan. I'm like, I said, don't try it. He said, the way I even agreed to the loan. I was talking, I someone called him that come for free money. Let's start your business. They called me again. I should come and pray. I went there. They nearly emptied the shop. I said, it's okay. Five to pay seven bucks. I said, no. When I get home, they ask me why. <laughs> Did you go to bless the start or you are ending it? <laughs> I said, it's okay. One one is fine. You talking, it's okay. So that you don't understand why. Hey, they have their revelation. That's how we hear one day, Abel, somebody will bring a helicopter and say, we have given prophet a helicopter. That one is your problem. It's my back case. I will fly it. I will make sure it's windy enough. The curtains will lift when I'm coming to church. If you're hungry, be hungry. We gave our seat. You were complaining. We will see the difference. Amen. A time has come in your life. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to do something to hurt yourself. Because you know I've, I've spoken about honoring your parents. So I'm not telling you to collect your money. Am I lying? Christmas, a lot of you went to honor your mother and father. Am I lying? 
And some people like it was your first time. And even your parents wanted my number. Because they say, hey, what pastor has made our children give us chicken? <laughs> we didn't eat your mother's chicken. This Christmas, buy 10 chickens for them. You understand? Yeah, buy the chicken for them and say, Mama, <laughs> I'll bless you. Africans like blessing their mouth. Seminia. It's a contract in Kutrua. We are always blessed with things we don't have. I will shock you. Pastors say we have had things. Pastors. Some of command of God. I'm believing God for a contract. And when this contract goes through, I will shock you. And when you open the envelope, it's 10 Ghana. That 10 Ghana is the shock. <laughs> <laughs> Let me advise you. I've told you how to handle money. When you have a seed, sow what God told you to sow. And don't ever call what God instructed you to give a widow's mind. It's an insult. Don't ever. It is pride that makes you say, This my money is too small. It's, it is what you have. So in God's sight, it is larger. Because God does not deal with quantity, it deals with proportion. So if yours is 10 and it's out of 50, that's one fifth, 20%. And someone's own is 5,000 and it is out of 2 million. It didn't shake anything. It's proportion. So don't ever call what you have. If they're all you have, as little. And be feeling bad and say, this is all I have. This is something small. <laughs> you have reduced your life. I've never called a seed something small. Never. I said, this is what God told us to give you. So I'll make sure what I'm giving, no matter how small it is, is what I was told to give. Because if it's what I told to give, I can't insult God who sees that big. That it is small. And that's why you reduce your harvest. Something small. Because of seed, you become a widow. Because of seed, you have become a widow. And do you don't understand what widows might? Might is a currency. It's like saying the widow's pessimist. Might is a type of currency. There was denarius and mites. But we have, oh, Jesus Christ. The rest place of righteousness. Read your Bible, pray every day. Ima, you play keyboard. Pray every day, pray. Ima, do you pray? You really pray? <laughs> well, you are passing, it's like, are you now learning? Tell us. Read your Bible, pray every day if you want to go. Christians don't like this. Christians want to sleep, watch series, watch movie, and still grow. I don't understand it. You want to do what you are doing in the flesh and expect to grow in the spirit. It doesn't work like that. Hallelujah. The breastplate of righteousness. Say the breastplate of righteousness. Now, when we're learning about the belt of truth, I told you so many things about the word of God. And I told you the reason why the word of God is the base garment you wear is because that is what holds everything. The belt of truth is what is one first. And I will say the most important of all the armor of God. And I told you that the armor of God is weaponized at the level of application. So the armor of God is the word of God, but it becomes an armor for standing, defending your grounds in the spirit when you weaponize the word of God. So hearing the word of God alone does not make it an armor. It is when you apply what you are hearing, that's what now makes the things you are hearing an armor, weapon. 
So we understood the belt of truth, the logos of God's word. How many remember that? How many remember what the logos of God's word? Then we explained how the belt becomes a belt of truth, which is reality. Because it is finding Jesus from the pages of scripture. Because he said, I am the truth and the life. So if Jesus is the truth, then the belt of truth is in reference to the revelation of Jesus Christ from every verse of scripture. That now validates your truth, your reality. Are you here? Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you here? I show you are here. Are you up? Alright, so what happened now is this, that we understood also that the belt, we came then for to how to learn or read the Bible. I remember that. We spoke about sequentially and systematical study. Then we spoke of how to study scriptures and for how scriptures will benefit you. We spoke about meditation, recitation. I remember all those things. I hope you are listening to them again. It's so amazing if you go and listen to 2020, especially Corona messages. You'll be shocked at things you heard and the way you are living. <laughs> it's like, you, yeah, it's not like you've not heard it. Yeah. That's why I told you in the principle of recitation and Bible study, make sure anytime you come to church, you write notes. Write notes. I have notebooks for every man of God and I have notebooks for my man of God. So by now, if you are here, Ephesus, every Sunday we are preaching. So you should have a notebook for Ephesus. Yeah? Then have a special notebook for special meetings. Name it, special meetings. So that when we have Prophet Mana, say Prophet Nana, Dr. George, those ones go there. Then anytime you are trying to recollect where something was taught, it's not now you are flipping through pages. Have you ever heard that? That's what we do when we are writing exams. You know you learned it somewhere. So one hour to them. It's so amazing. How one hour to your exams. That's why I remember. Ah, 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 combusting engine. Combusting engine. Combust. 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 <laughs> you flip, flip. Um, lick your pink. You will never see. And the painful part is after them exams. That's why when you open the first page. It's like I've been waiting for you all this while. There's a problem. That is why in the day of adversity. It's the wrong time to gather information to deal with your problem. Because there's something happening to you. You will never see your solution. Adversity is measured. It's the day for measuring what you have gathered all this while. I've told you this. Amen? Say the belt of truth. I said say the belt of truth. And the belt of truth, when it's not there, cannot hold the breastplate. It is the scabbard for which the sword is shed into. I told you that there's a hook on it that hooks the shield of faith. And we know through the word of God, faith is activated. So without the belt of truth, the breastplate, the shield of faith, all those things will not work. Christians want to have faith without reading the Bible. It's so amazing. Man of God, you don't understand have faith. Then when you ask them, what did the scripture say about your problem? They'll be fumbling. And one of the greatest mistakes we do as Christians is this. Never think that someone's testimony gave you faith. Hear me well. Testimonies don't give faith. They boost the faith you already have. Faith cometh only by the what? The word of God. So hearing the word of God is the only means 
you get faith. Even reading inspirational books does not give you faith. It stretches your faith. Because you read how Hagen healed somebody, how John Wesley healed somebody. You don't just jump in. So some of you hear someone give it and say, Lord, do it for me too. On what basis? On what basis? Once in a while, God will act, be breaking the roof for you because you were a babe. You don't understand what's going on. Amen. When you were a baby, your mother would wake up at 2 a.m. to give you water. Anything you cry about, you'll get. But when you grow, you even, you are crying. Now, what will make you realize that you can't even cry in your room that you are hungry at a certain age? It's when she's in the hall and tell you, come and take remote by her side. Then when you ask, mommy, buy it by her side, say, hey, nine months. <laughs> nine months. That is what the, the blessing of nine months. So for your mother to even call you to a hall to take something she can take herself, it's telling you that when you call her at midnight in the same hands and you are not sick, you will see where your prayer is. Hallelujah. That's how she told me. I said, "Dear Nayo, dear Nayo, umbushi, mata, umbushi." She walk out, and that's what we do to God. We think God will always answer us because when we were babes, we cried and God. I, so sometimes when you see someone who has just come to the Lord fresh, you know how this is. Beloved, let us thank the Lord together. I ask the Lord for supernatural husband. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Then you, a mature Christian with goatee in the spirit, you are there saying, why will God not do it for me? God said, look at this. God doesn't say something. But look at, look at your goatee. And you are there. Because right now you know how to do the thing yourself. Please hear me. Hear me again. If you don't define the path of your life by the scriptures, you, no, but you should come to a place where you should be tired that this is my life I came. January I'm happy. February I'm some way. March, I'm wondering. By April, I've lost hope. Every year. Every year. Won't you get tired once they say, I'm, oh. You should just, yeah, you know, I'm like, one day you just wake up and say, this thing can't continue the way it's going. I can't be getting tired. Like, every year, the same pattern. I have not, I have not changed. The same thing's happening again. April, April is here again. May, I'm beginning to question my salvation. By June, cry there, you are like, is there a God? Is there a God? And July, cry there, but it's free. Because like, it's like, ah. July, you have given up. When people are, December, they still get their miracle. July, you have thrown in the towel. It's because you've not understood what we are talking about. The word of God is the sure anchor for your soul. Keep that word. I'm telling you, keep that word. Amen. Recently, our dear Baba, Adebue lost the son. What has Adebue done? So let's go and say, God, why? He said, you see, the tougher ones handle tougher problems. Some of you, you marry, no miscarriage, pa, 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 all the babies are intact. Perhaps you are not tough enough. Yeah, yeah. Some of you, the things that pastors go through, if you face 1%, you will give up on Jesus. You know what it is for a father of God to lose two children in a day? Who are not going to clap? They will come to a convention. Their own father's convention. Do you know what it takes? But he can handle it. That's why God allowed it. He didn't cause it, but he allowed it. He said, this one. So some of your deliverance, because when it happens, you walk away from God. So God says, no, he can't handle it. God knew Job could handle it. He said, have you considered myself as Job? God will not boast of you if you can't handle it. If you can't handle some pressures, that's why God won't let it come your way. 
it has happened. You should check your level. Persecutions for mature get their heart. They are hard. They are hard in the Lord. They will still be smiling. That's why when you talk to them, you think they are fine. So they tell you their history. You are like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Come and lift up my heart. And they are homeless. How they even came for the service choir, they had to beg somebody in the street to sit in their car to come. And they are leading prayers and jumping with excitement. And after service, the shocking thing about these people is that they don't stand alone, quiet, moody, wondering what will happen. They are walking by faith and speaking in tongues. Lord, if it's your will, get somebody to take me back. Just tell the person, say, can you go? That's why I've been telling you that in every source, any car you have, do like a trotro after service. Don't squeeze your face. And take your bag, heels. <laughs> Sit inside. When you see your brother standing there, you know he's in your area. You just... Hello, hello. No, I'm not talking to anybody. You just don't want them to sit in your car. Then why did God give you the car? By this time, you should be doing trot after service. Who is going to Malam? Who is going to this? I'm alone in the car. Will you join me? In fact, you should do it in such a way that we'll be scared that you want to use us for rituals. Because it's, why? Why are you begging us to sit in your car? Why? Oh, I have a message for you. Oh, you love. In Ephesus, you will love by force. Ah, <laughs> you lie. <laughs> I have a message for you. I have come from the mountaintop. I've, I've seen your solution. I will make you love by force. <clears throat> yeah. Some people up to now, they hear my voice in their sleep. And do you know what? They, they heard it from my head. My, those days I used to do all night every Friday. When they are oversleeping, they hear my voice. This is somebody called and said, Daddy, I keep hearing your voice when I'm walking in the day. Yeah. It's like when I'm turning around to do wrong thing, I'll just hear your voice. As I get on track, I'll terrify you with my voice. I'll tell the Lord, Lord, use my voice. Everyone who does this, I don't pray. Lord, speak to them. Because we can't see your face. The next time you realize the cocks are the one talking, and you are still on Mixla, and you are seeing buffering, we have finished. We have closed. The last time you heard was Pastor Bible saying, lift up your voice wherever you are. That's all. And you thought it was a blink. Have you ever blinked that blink of death? It's the two hour blink line. So you thought you have finished blinking. Only for it to realize two hours has passed. May the Lord make prayer so sweet. By the time you are done, two hours has also passed. Amen. Amen. You are going to learn to read your Bible. You must read your Bible. You must love it. You must love it. When I get to the sword of the Spirit, you understand. You must love your Bible. In fact, we join us said in the final quest. If you've not read final quest, go and read it. I advise you as a child of God, be wise. Go and read. Some of you are waiting for me to tell you a new book to read. Go and read Final Quest. You didn't read it well last time. If you had read it well, you understand that the depression you are facing, it is vultures in the Spirit vomiting on you. Yeah. Medina said, every time Christians are advancing, the devil can't get them with sin. So what Satan now does it? Let me show you a secret. When the devil cannot get you to do what is wrong, he will vomit depression on you. If he doesn't get you to do what is wrong, he will make you feel wrong. So you are fine. You have not sinned. But all of a sudden you are down. It's a demonic work. And I pray the church will understand. It is not emotions. We keep calling demonic activity emotions. 
That's why we are never free. And we never get free from it. I love David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He shook himself from the problem. In first Samuel chapter 10, Bible said they accusing the so you have delivered us from Saul, and you have let them come and take our wives. The same mighty men of, of war who followed him to go and battle. When they came back, all their wives were nowhere to be found. They are soldier general. I don't know what kind of accusation you are accusing David. The man, you know, according to what the scripture says, the man was the one who led them to fight. So there's no way he was in cahoots to help them come and hijack his children. But they were blaming that he's the reason. It was so fierce that Bible says David had to encourage himself. And what he meant was that, and read what scripture said, when he encouraged himself in the Lord, he now went to inquire. It means discouragement prevents you from hearing God. The moment you are discouraged, the goal of it is so that you will hear God's voice again. And once you fly blind, oh, you will crash. So the moment you are walking, you get to the house, be prepared for depression. It's Satan's agenda. Don't be ignorant. He will come and vomit on you. But thanks be to God, we are not ignorant of their devices, their mind games. And I told you what the device there is, mind games. And I told you this. I'm just doing recap from Belt of Truth. You realize? Well, is there's a bridge, so I don't want you to get lost when I get into the of righteousness. The mind games is that the voice of the devil is always in first person. The voice of the devil is always in first person. What I mean by that is this. Satan will never come and say, Ah, we will finish you. Ah, you have ended. We are going to destroy you. No. The voice of the devil comes in first person. So you say it this way, I am finished. You think it is you talking, but it's a demon talking to you. Of course, he's not possessed you, but he's using your mind to affect your emotions. To say it like it is you. That is why when Peter came to Jesus Christ and he says, I will not let you die. I will prevent this. Jesus head in the I will not let you die. The voice of the devil talking as if it was Peter. So he said, get it behind me, devil. So Peter was saying something he didn't realize it was Satan talking through him. I am finished. Who will ever marry me? Will anybody like a girl like me? That is a demon talking. Silence that voice. Whatever you have done, they are captains of Janta. You know Janta? They were captains, brigadier generals. Do you know what it means for you to be a prostitute with a house in a wall? No, if you go to the city, the prostitutes usually are on the street corners. But this woman has promoted her ranking in Jantraness. If you are watching online, Jantra is uh, prostitution. <laughs> there were street girls you can find, guests, and then she just entire boot with you, finish. But this woman had the brothel. She had workers under her. That's why she had the whole house. And if it was not a brothel, it means she had worked enough to build her own house in the wall. It means that she was not even for the road boys. It was for the governors. <laughs> High ranking. Escort. They paid $10,000 per session. Yeah, yeah, it's a serious matter. When we're in Cape Cozy, we're in Fansom together. The, the, the town girls. 
The boys will sell soap. Rexona. That's all. I said, man. Rexona. And I saw the boy. And sometimes they'll burn candle. So they don't use clock candle. May the Lord keep your mind in pureness. Amen. Stay where you are. Be pure. Yeah. Yeah. For Rexona, one candle. <laughs> That's the timer. That doesn't come home. Jesus Christ. So this woman, she has graduated in prostitution. She had money enough to have a house in a prestigious part of the world. So that certain people can enter there, not roadside things. Because you know the work of prostitution. You don't have a place. You are out there. But this woman was at a ranking in the work that you solicited for their house. But even Jesus still chose him. Jesus what? Chose this lady and used her for his great, great grandmother. He said, Rehab by faith. Rehab by faith received the spies. How does this woman have faith? When the spies came to tell her that there's a God coming to take over Jericho, that was the message for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because let me shock you, in Hebrews 11, every by faith, by faith, by faith you saw was a revelation of Jesus. Because without Jesus in the picture, faith can never come. He's the author and finisher of faith. So if he's the author, what we call faith came was as a result of a revelation of Jesus Christ. How did the prostitutes have this revelation? That I will leave these people I've grown up with and I will join a new nation by just releasing a red band. I trust your word. He said, by faith. Real. So beloved, no situation is irredeemable when the devil comes to talk, silence him. I know women who have done 14 abortions, they still give it to triplets. Is the devil lying to you? And I'm going to touch on it today. Amen. Amen. I've met couples who have come to me. Man of God, we were virgins when we married. But we don't understand what is going on. I say it's not a virginity that gives children. <laughs> we are virgins. We have done nothing wrong. <laughs> God didn't say without sin. It's impossible to say without faith, not sin. So you can be a virgin, but if you lack faith and you are in faithfulness, you'll be broke for a long time. The miracle comes by faith, not faithfulness. I served the Lord all my life. Good faithfulness. That one you collect it in heaven. But on earth, move from faithfulness to faith. That's why sister. Shawana, when she just showed up in church with her miniskirt, two weeks later she has a miracle job. And you are, you see, and the nasty thing about Christians is that he excites now. She seduced somebody to get the car. Yes. She will keep seducing to get. When God has done a miracle, because, because that's a problem in the church. We always want to explain what we can't accept as grace. So I remember one day a, a certain man of God came to my house and was a man of God. You know, he was asking genuinely, of course, no ill intent. He was like, how do they invite you to programs? I'm like, what do you mean by that? He said, man of God, actually, I've realized you're not on Facebook. You don't do billboard. My YouTube message is, I didn't put it there. We are on YouTube now because Periscope suckers. <laughs> That's why we're on YouTube. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Are you, are you, yeah, yeah, so that those who are outside the stand up people can also 
uh, people who have traveled who are part of us, you know, they can also watch the service live. So there's no intention of trying to publicize anything for God to. It's God's work. How did he come? How, how did he gather all the people? You know, how did he host this man of God? It's not how. It's grace. I think the church must come to the place where when somebody gets a miracle, just say it's grace. Because it's unmerited favor. So there's nothing the person did. God chose that I would display myself in this person. Period. Because sometimes a man of God will preach a certain way. You want to find out what he read and who he follows, why he's the way he is. It's grace. I'm telling you, he will expose you to everything he's reading. He will show you everything he's doing. You will still not access it because it's given. It's given. Let us stop that evil act. Just like if somebody is getting a blessing because he did something. Someone has a husband. So you're like, ah, she's a pretty girl. That's why. So when you don't have a husband, you're like, ah, look at that girl's nose. Look at her, her head. Look at her, her legs. And she has a husband. God, you are not fair. <laughs> no, you are not fair. <laughs> What's the meaning of that? So because a person is not nice, you didn't marry. I came to announce to you, there's grace for every stranger. If somebody without hands and legs can marry and give birth, it's not performance. It's grace. I said it's grace. I said it's grace. I said it's grace. Oh, no, 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 I'm telling you. That's not. Hallelujah. So make sure that you understand that the word of God is the seed for creation. Through the word of God, everything you are looking for is going to come to pass in your life. Make sure you don't miss the tutelage of the word of God. Amen. Now in this series, I'm going to touch on something very powerful. I'm coming to touch about on, on something called the breastplate of righteousness. Say the breastplate of righteousness. Now this breastplate is so important for the believer. In fact, Hebrews chapter 5, 12, 13 says that he that is unskilled in the word of righteousness is a babe. So, your weakness and your lack of revelation in righteousness makes you a baby. You experience baby things. Hallelujah. I know you didn't like that, but it's true. If you are skilled in the word of righteousness, you are a babe. Because strongly belongs to them who by reason of use have exercised themselves. So, he says, now if you are unskillful in the word of righteousness, you are a babe. Why? Because, hmm, Wave your hands to Jesus. Now, do you know that Romans chapter 10 says, with the heart we believe. And we often jump that phrase that is there. Unto what? Righteousness. With the mouth we confess unto salvation. So your believing you believe to be saved was unto righteousness. So what if you made you a believer? What's righteousness? So if you don't understand the terms of righteousness, you will ever be at grade one of believing. Or oh, is it not there in your Bible? Romans 10, 10. You believe unto righteousness. So the first thing you encounter at your first birth experience in Christ was unto righteousness. Say unto righteousness. Unto righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. But this righteousness is very interesting. Now, in the Greek, there are two works of righteousness. I'm going to touch on both, so you understand the concept of righteousness properly. There is what we call dikaioma. And in dikaioma, that is what scripture says in Revelation 19, from verse 7, you know, 
Hallelujah. Focus on me. Amen. Focus on me. I'm in red. He's in blue. Hello. hello. Amen. Okay. So, Dikayoma, Revelations 19 and um, 7 and 8 says that, now, fine linen was given unto her that she might be clothed. And fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. That word, Dikayoma, is the righteous acts. Adam Fesher says, righteous acts or righteous deeds. Then he says that, when we believe, we believe unto righteousness. Ephesians 6, of course, verse 14, now talks about the breastplate of righteousness. This righteousness in Ephesians 6 is not dikayoma, it's not righteous deeds. It is dikayosune, which is actually the state of conferred righteousness. So I'm going to talk on the two in the breastplate of righteousness, so you can understand the balance of it. Hallelujah. I know last week I talked about crucified life. How many remember crucified life? Amen. Now, the reason why I talked about crucified life is this, that in Scripture, especially in Paul's writing in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, something was happening. God often gave commands and never gave why they should obey the command. He rather gave consequences for not obeying the commands. So he created a problem. But in the New Testament, before God gives a command, he tells you your state. He describes to you where you are now. Why this command must be obeyed. Please, are you here? So that's why you are seeing these two experiences. There is the righteousness as a gift, and there is righteousness as works. So Bible says, now he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that righteousness there is the state, the gift of righteousness. You didn't do anything for it. He gave it to you. He what? I said what? No, Psalm 61 verse 10. Psalm 61 verse 10. He speaks about something called the robe of salvation. Are you here? There is a robe of salvation you receive at new birth. But in Psalm 45, from verse 9 downwards, he says the king's daughter is all glorious with him, and she has arrayed herself with needlework of embroidery. So there's a garment you receive at birth. God gives it to you. When you get born again, God gives you the robe of salvation. But after you are born again with the robe of salvation, there's a wedding garment, which is not your robe of salvation you must wear. And that one, it is your works. You sew it. Are you here? For instance, according to scripture, as sons of God, God has approved us. So he said, dearly beloved, you know your salvation. Not many noble, not many pure. He said, but by his grace, we have been redeemed. Not by any man's work that he should boast. So by grace, we have all been approved. We have been accepted as sons. In Ephesians 1, 6, wherefore he has made us acceptable in the beloved. So we have been accepted as sons, approved as sons. But our other approval is as servants. And that approval is not an approval that comes from God. It's an approval that comes from us. Study to show yourself approved. Show your approval. A workman. That need not to be ashamed. In First Timothy, 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. So there's first approval as a son. Nothing you do will deny your sonship. You were born by grace. You were born from heaven. You did nothing for that. But God will not use everybody that is born from him. That's what you have to understand. 
And I told you that on that day, those who received commendation are those who allowed God to use them. Are we here? So we're all born, but not all of us can be used. But our usefulness is not on God's side. Remember, he says in the great house, there are many vessels, isn't it? Now, have you ever read a scripture? So the vessels are like God created all of us. We are vessels in the great house. Great house means this is my kingdom. This is God's house. All of us are vessels. But some of the vessels that are in the great house, which is God's house, are for honor and others for dishonor. Then he says something. It's not on the basis that God doesn't like the honorable ones or he does not like the dishonorable ones. He said, if a man shall purge, not God, a man. So the man must be his purging. He must start his purging course. To increase his usefulness so that now he can become a vessel of honor. So the honor and dishonor is not on God's side. It's on our side. We make it hard for God to use us. This is why I was speaking to you about the spirituality and the crucified life. That the moment the flesh impedes God... God said love, you say you hate. God said give, you say you hoard. The more you keep doing this to God, God struggles. He goes like, let me look for somebody who is willing for me to use. So that is where you can be put aside. In his grace, he can't put you aside because he's able to save to the uttermost. But in his work, he can put you aside. That's where Saul lost it. That's why Samson is called an elder in Hebrews 11. But Samson's misbehavior made God put him aside. There's somebody here. Yeah. So for God's use, you can't do everything. That's why sometimes when some temptations are coming, hold yourself. Hold yourself. If it's getting too far, just speak to yourself. Loose, 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 loose. I said, loose. Loose me, loose me. Let me go. Loose. Whatever has gripped you. Whatever feeling has held your leg. Hey! Don't there some feelings when they hold you? You wake up and still there. You thought sleep will quench it. Ice water won't kill it. A shower will not stop it. Loose! When you declare it's not good, just knew there's a Lord, I beg. I beg. Lose this thing before something happens. Because I'm telling you something. The more you keep doing this, the Bible says that the ministry be not blamed. Do you know what it means to hold a mic and preach and address certain things without fully? In case it is in your past, I'm saying it to you so that today you start afresh. Am I advising somebody? Yeah. Don't say oh, so from prophet what you are saying. It means that the Lord cannot really, he will never. No, 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 no. Rahab, when she was chosen, never went back. She didn't build a tabernacle in Israel and say, brothers, you know that the Lord drafted me for Moab. And Jericho, now I'm in your midst. <laughs> Moses, Aaron, anytime I'm here. I'm here to service you. It's a lie. She didn't try that nonsense. Neither did Mary Magdalene come to Jesus and was playing games with Peter. And she sees Peter behind him. <laughs> Pira, Pira. <laughs> I like your chest. Nonsense. Mary Magdalene was talking about game. What, what is that? That's what I'm saying. So if tell her that you used to do it, say loose. I'm starting afresh. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 No, you should be in a state where anytime somebody's come to threaten with your past, you can tell the person, it's true. I don't deny it. I used to masturbate. I used to watch pornography. I used to do this. I sent a very girl in my hostel. Powerful. But I'm changed. I used to. Do you know St. Augustine's was visiting prostitutes? St. Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he didn't marry. Because he didn't want to activate something again. Man. 
His appetite was large. Some women are here, they are praying that, Father, I need a man with energy. The Lord help me. Am I preaching to the elderly people? The If you are under 18, the Lord be with you. I don't know what you are doing here. Amen. But be here, be in the service. You will learn. Amen. Yeah. What's that? They don't know. Hey, what? They don't know. I want a man with Libudo. No, some men, they don't like those things. They don't like fiscal contact. So they are not too interested in sex. Can I preach? I, because I'm a prophet, when I say sex, I was like, mm, prophet, I say, eh. I say, thank you very much. I say, right. Can I preach my message? And stop looking at me like that. Yeah. There are some men, their libido is high. And they will never show it. So, pa, pa, pa. They are just matching because they've been controlling themselves since. Pa, 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 na. Oh, fear men who are usually casual at their wedding. Oh, my God. You are in trouble. Let us know. I must have energy. It's the same with women, too. They see the girls like this quite, quite. Some are dangerous men. Their sisters. And then when those when you say sex, they are like, mm, what are you talking about? Jesus Christ. They are doing like they don't know what they are talking about. Uh-huh. It's hard. So the Kwabani has finished. He said, no, answer me. Yay. Answer me. And the brother has sweat. He's tired. He said, thank you, Jesus. He said, please. The Lord be with you. I, I wish I can preach to my... I don't know. I don't I said, why are you stiff? Are you a suspect? The way you are. The girl, some of them have become, mm, mm, mm. Prophet, prophet. And then I hear, Loose! Amen. So there are two types of righteousness. One is a gift. You didn't do anything for that. And this is where Christians don't realize that the revelation of the gift of righteousness is actually a weapon. It's a weapon. Bible calls it the breastplate of righteousness. And the strange thing is that God wears that same breastplate. Remember, Isaiah 59 verse 17. He said, he shall come unto us with a helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. And he shall be clad with zeal and shall be clothed with the clothing of vengeance. So God even wears the breastplate of righteousness. Beloved, you've become the righteousness of Christ. Of God in Christ Jesus. And Christ is also your righteousness. That's the mystery about it. So it's one thing to say that Jesus is your righteousness. It's another thing to also say you are the righteousness of God. I'm going to show you to you in this series. So you understand where you stand. Because it's a problem in the church today. We have a wrong... That's why I taught on spirituality. Listen, anytime you see me preaching a bridge message, it is leading to understanding of what I'm going to teach. Okay? So anytime I'm teaching something, it looks like, ah, why am I preaching this? I'm leading to something. Are you here? Yeah. Are you sure you are here? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So when I told you about religiosity, a lot of people who feel bad about sins they've done, 
is the spirit of religion. There I say it. Don't get me wrong. Let me explain something to you. Can we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7? Is it 2 Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 7. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. Are we all there? From verse number 9. Can, can we hear it? Now I rejoice. Yeah. Keep reading. Now I rejoice. Not that he were made sorry, but that he were sorrowed to repentance. So Paul was rebuking the church in Corinth and was telling them something. And he told them, I'm not come to say things to you, not because I want you to be sorry, but I'm rebuking because I have to tell you the truth. Then he says, now I rejoice. Not that what I said made you sorrowful or sad, but what? For you were made sorry after a godly manner. So there is a certain sorrow that is after God. Hear me well. A lot of us, what we feel sorry about is because we were caught. Or a pastor preached about it. That's why we are sorry in the first place. Can you read it? Keep reading. That he might receive damage by us in nothing. You might receive what? Damage by us That's in nothing. That's where you get the word damages from. Yes, continue. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation. Not uh-huh. to so be godly repented sorrow re- worketh what? Repentance to salvation, but not what? Not to be repented of. Not to be repented of. So that godly sorrow God brings upon you. God is not sorry that he made you like that. So there's a sorrow that leads to repentance. And this repentance is not regret. Anytime you are regretting an action, it is not godly sorrow. Hear me well. It's a religious spirit. This is what I'm talking about. So, you have remembered the thing you did. You are caught up in a crime. You have confessed it. And you have lost energy to serve God. It's regret. That's the difference between Peter and Judas. Judas entered evil sorrow. Or fleshly sorrow, let me say. And when he entered it, now look at this. People think Judas didn't repent. He repented to the extent that he felt bad. That's why he killed himself. He was not excited that Jesus has been sold. He, he was so sorry about what he did, but it was not godly sorrow. And oftentimes, when it's not godly sorrow, the feeling you are feeling is pride. Because the truth is that you are feeling it, but when you are discussing it, you defend it. Check it. Anytime you regret an action, you defend it. You, you find somebody to point for the action. <laughs> That's pride. You don't want to take responsibility. Of course, I don't blame that some people can do some things to you. Yeah, but you have a, you also, we all have parts to play in the matter. Huh? Are we here? Yeah. But he said, godly sorrow rather read, and the word repentance is change of mind. It's metanoia. It means that the moment I tell Pastor Elvis, I'm sorry for the way I spoke to you. It means two weeks time I shouldn't go back again. If I go back again, that means I was not really sorry. I was regretting. I regretted. Not sorry. Because if I'm sorrowful, after two weeks, you realize I'm not talking to him anyhow. After one month, really I've changed. After one year, I have gone off that path. That is change of mind. Metanoia. That is true repentance. Can I preach my message? And I'm saying that oftentimes it is lack of godly sorrow that creates this problem. It's usually religious sorrow. 
So if you don't realize it, when it's religious sorrow, this is what happens. If the pastor does not preach it, you can you will continue. Oh yes. And some people they are pride is so strong that when you bash masturbation, they will leave the church. Yeah. And that's that's what the world has entered into now. Gay and lesbian, what what what? what? It's like you are homophobic. No, I don't know. What is homophobia about this? Man is man, woman is woman. God created man for woman. He didn't say man. No, I, yesterday I was at a wedding and the pastor said something very remarkable that blessed my heart. He said something. He said, he, said, he said the truth of the matter is that God was wise. So in the garden when he was creating man's companion, he didn't create three girls. Because God is so powerful that he could have created three girls and said, Adam, you have options. In case you don't want any, you can have all. God could have done that. But God, no, if God created one man because the whole point is that, look, Bible said God removed one rib. So if you go to a man's rib cage, he has 23, not 24. Women have 24 kids. And men, yes, doctors have said it. So it's 23 that men have. That's why sometimes you look at your skeletal this thing. Say, one is longer than one. Yeah, they are short one. So it means that, sir, God could have been angry and removed four to balance it. Two here, two here. So we'll have 22. Are we understanding? Yeah. Or 20, 20, 20. So that once we have 20 rib cage, there are four women in front of us. Then God said, my son, four is to one. Enjoy. <laughs> but in the wisdom of God, God gave man one. Because the complexity of a woman, you can't do two. You need one. That's why the only way to balance two is to lie. No, no, you need one. The marriage will tell you they are, your attention span for your wife. You can't four women in the same house. Your life. Now, in that Solomon woman terminal, like how how do you marry thousand women? Do you know what it means? Even if you drink Viagra and you do it every day, that is. No, 365 days. It means after one year, you still not reach half of the number of women in your life. So if you do two years, what am I mean? 700 and what? 30. Two years of sex every day. Hey! Someone said double the dose. <laughs> I pray the Lord deliver my generation, deliver us, oh Lord. Hey, that was the thing. So, in one day you sleep with two women every day for three sixty-five days. Oh man, oh man. Even the helps will say I'm tired. Even if you double the dose, it will still not reach. Even if you triple the dose. It, no, it's serious. It's a serious matter. Now, so what it tells me is that to marry Solomon, it means that you, it's after three years that your husband will see your face. If you're on the time table, it's every three years you have sex. That tells me that the woman... <laughs> Let me end that message there. There are days they were holy, not our time. Hallelujah. So it tells you a whole lot of things. God in his wisdom didn't create four women to one man. One to one. Then after the one to one, God didn't also say, oh, Adam, since I'm looking for a help meet for you, 
I will fashion one like unto you. Like unto Adam, another Adam should have showed up. Adamu or something. You understand? Adamu will stand up. Then this is Adam, this is Adamu. Then God said, one like unto you is man to man. So God had the opportunity to tell us how the thing works. And chose a woman for a man. So how then do you come and tell me? That if you were a dragonfly, or, or grow horns, why must you insert artificially what you say you are naturally? This is the confusion, oh, and the depravity of humanity. Someone said, I'm a lizard, then he's not going to fall his stand. If you are a lizard, start hatching eggs. Lay the eggs and hatch. You file your tongue, you wear artificial cosmetic things. If you are really a lizard, do you see, because we don't understand, you see, we've depraved our thinking and reduced our intelligence to the point where we don't realize that the fact that you are a man does not mean you are a man because you look like one. You have the life, form, life force, and fellowship of life as a man. That's why you are a man. That's why no matter how much they take antibiotics, they still are confused. Because what makes you a man is not your body. Is inside you. He made them male and female before they ever entered bodies. So our masculinity and femininity is in the spirit. He created us male and female before he put Adam in a body. So your body is not what determines you to be a girl or a boy. But God says, I'll put a female in this type of body. So that the thing works. So you can change, you can take steroids, whatever. If you were female inside, you'll be a female forever. This generation is not understanding it. How do you heaven? The heaven calls you Abna, now you are called Bongo. You see, you see how you answer when they mention your name in the book of life. <laughs> you said now for Abna, you are now Bongo. Hallelujah. Can I preach my message? Hallelujah. Amen. The breastplate is actually an armor God wears. Very important you understand that. Now, this breastplate is so interesting because, you see, this one is from, I think it's, um, it's a game, Age of what? Someone mentioned the game, what's the name? Age of Empire. Uh-huh. So, they mixed, they mixed, this, this is a computerized 3D, it's not the original, but this is the one that had enough of everything we are talking about to describe. So, if you go online and you Google the Roman Empire, you have the legionnaires, you have the... You know, particularly soldiers. You have different type, kind of people. They're even soldiers when you Google online. They are called the ordinary footmen. They don't have sandals. Obviously, those were not. I told you when we started. How many remember that the one that was guarding Paul was a Praetorian? How many remember that? Because he was under Caesar's rule and imprisonment. And that he was under house arrest in Caesar's house. That's the reason why Romans 16 says, greet them all that are of the household of Caesar. How did Paul have access to the house of Caesar if he was in prison? Was he working there? No. He was in the dungeon under the palace. So he was able to have some sessions with Pompeia and all the wives of Nero. Now, um, what happened now is this, that this armor uh, is a variation. But the original one actually has what we call the two-piece. It was also called the coat of mail in the days of David and Saul. It's a two-piece garment which was locked at the top here and some were locked at the sides. Now, the Roman emperors 
often had the white color because white depicted victory. So anytime they were coming for ceremonial, uh, what they call a march to promote victory, they wore white chest piece, white shield. They even had a shield that was decorative. When we get to the shield of it, I'll touch on that. All right. And this one cries a little bit close to what you are looking at, but we'll try. And then they also had, you know, everything was white, basically. The Roman emperor, he had the white one. But when he was going for battle, he always wore a black or usually brown um, chest piece. Okay. And his one didn't have, it wasn't for battle. It was for decoration. So if you check Roman emperor, you see that they had five major rings. The head of a lion, the head of an eagle. They were animals that depicted, it's like Otunfo coming for battle. He's just there ceremoniously. He was not there for fight. But them that fought, especially when you get to the legionnaires and the, the prefects, you see, or the centurions, you see something very interesting about their armor. This armor was a brass, shiny piece. It was the shiniest part of the entire military, you know, dressing of the Roman soldier. But the strange thing too was that it had an underseen. So aside the brass piece that ended at the waist. It extended with something that looked like a singlet. And you will notice that usually in the days of Lancelot, uh, the English knights, it looked like a metallic chain. They wear it with a hood. That metallic chain, they wear with a hood. The Romans didn't have it as a hood. But it was a short dress underneath. So if you check some of the um, 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 what do you call it, drawings of the Roman soldiers, you see something that looks like a chain metallic thing under a breastplate. That was actually the underseam of the normal breastplate. Now, follow me very well because you understand why I'm explaining all this. It was the shiniest, and it was also called the coat of mail. Now, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, for, um, 1 down to 5, we see the drawing and the picture of uh, David's armor versus Goliath's armor. Goliath stood there with a lot of experience in battle. And Bible says his spear was like a weaver's beam. And a man had to carry his shield. But aside that, Bible says something very, very interesting in verse 4 and verse 5, that his coat of mail, which was his breastplate, was 5,000 shekels in weight. If you convert it, it is 91 pounds. That was just his breastplate. And at the time, the standard total weight of the armor of a soldier was around 110, 120 pounds. But Goliath alone's breastplate was 91 pounds in weight. That's a 9.9, 9 foot 9 inches tall man. So his dress was heavy. And remember Saul said, wear my coat of me. And he said, it's heavy on me. Because the weight was even too heavy for a 17 year old boy. He was a boy. The weight of the dress car was heavy. Now hear me very well because you need to understand that the revelation of righteousness has a weight. The revelation of righteousness has a weight. The weight of righteousness is measured in the face of calamity. You see, people quote, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus till they sin. Till they sin, they can't quote that statement. Because religion will take over. We always say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus till we sin. That's why you can't say it again. Are you here? Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to weave through this message very well so you understand it. Of course, people have taken it overboard and creating nonsense in their life. Now, this shiny piece is very designed for what? 
is very, very designed for war. Can you read Exodus chapter 28, the verse 31? Exodus 28, 31, quickly. Exodus 28, 31. Yes. And thou shalt make the robe of the effort all of blue, and there shall be an hole in the top of it. In the midst thereof, it shall have a binding of woven work round about the whole of it. Okay. As it were the whole of a habitant. A, a whole of a habitant. Now I'm coming to this. Then he says what's in verse 2. Okay. That it, it be not rent. Uh-huh. And beneath upon the hem of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue okay. and of purple and okay. of scarlet. And, and over there. Now what is happening now is this, that when God gave us the armor. Now, I, I don't know if some of you can see this thing well. Can you see well? You, I sure can see. So you see what I've been talking about? His is under the red. It's like some metallic chains, like a singlet. It's actually, a, it's also a defense. It prevents the arrow, though it goes through the, what he's wearing, it's like a singlet. So I don't, can you see it? That ashy thing there, it's, it's circles. It's actually chain. It's a, it's a chain singlet they wear. So it, it, you see the guy like that, he's, have, he's holding weight. <laughs> what he's wearing is not a joke. Can you imagine your singlet is metal? <laughs> and when you are walking, chilling, chilling. You are just, it's a serious weight he's carrying. Uh-huh. When I got closer, I, I, I realized that he, he put it, but others were hard years, you know, away from the red. All right. So what is happening now is this, that Bible says in Revelations 1, 5, and 6 that he has made us kings and priests. Have you remember that? Have you know you're a priest? Have you know you're a priest? Are you a priest? Oh, say it with confidence. I'm a priest of God. Say, I'm a priest of God. Say, Christ has made me a priest. All right. Now, in that priesthood, God, strangely enough, according to what the scripture is saying here, linked, that word habergeon is the same word for the coat of mail. It's also the breastplate. So the effort the priest wore was likened to the breastplate that God wears. Now, Numbers 4.23 says what? Numbers 4.23. Numbers 4.23. Numbers 4.23. All right. From 30 years old and upward until 15 years old shall thou number them. Okay. All that enter in to perform the service, to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. So the interesting thing about what he's saying is this, that he's giving the range for priestly service. 25, you are enrolled into apprenticeship. You study for five years. 30, you are released into priesthood. And you serve for 20 years. 50, you graduate from priesthood into what we call the Sanhedrin. That's when Nicodemus, that's where Joseph and Amritia were. They become the teachers in the schools of law. They become the lecturers. Because you have gone through experience of priesthood. So you know the Torah back and forth. You have served. Uh, so now you are now left in the council of teachers. The elderly men. The elders. Now what happened is this. That, that's why if you remember in the days of Jesus. In Matthew 26. We had about three different high priests. Caiaphas, Annas. And you know. They, they, Pharaoh. Uh, what do you call it? Pilate chose his own. Israel chose their own. And the original one God also chose. There were three high priests at the time. So you see Caiaphas, Annas. You see another one also. There. All of them were there. Now what happens is this. Bible says the priest must now enter from age 30 to 15 to offer what? To what? To do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Uh-huh. This is the service of the families of the Geshe. No, no, go back to go back to 23. From 30 years old and upward yes. until 50 years uh-huh. old shall thou number them. Okay. All that enter into 
perform the service. So all that enter into to perform the service. Now the word service is a very interesting word in the Greek, in the Hebrew, sorry. And the word service there is warfare. So the word enter to do the service in the Hebrew means they enter to wage war. A lot of you don't know that coming to church and your Christian life is war. He said the priest there, all they've been doing for 20 years, they enter to do the service, to do war. The word service there is warfare. So what he's trying to tell us is that they dressed the war was their armor for warfare. So the effort is likened to the breastplate of righteousness. Now follow me very well from this part almost. Are you going to follow me? Are you sure? All right. So turn with me quickly in the scriptures because I want you to understand what we have received and what we must do to win this battle. This armor we have received, as Paul likened it to the breastplate of righteousness, he says that the armor was brass that was shiniest amongst all the things they wore. And the goal of it was that they wage war in the afternoon. And the goal was when they come out on the mountaintop to fight, their breastplate shines in the sun to blind their enemies. That's why Satan will fight you with guilt and condemnation. Because if you know your righteousness, you blind Satan. Your righteousness is a key. I'm going to show you today. Your righteousness, oh, 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 oh. And I, I believe that throughout this, you understand. That out of it, we have the righteous acts. If you understand righteousness well, it's easy for you to serve in church. A lot of people are afraid to serve in church because they feel they are not good enough. They feel they have a horrible past. They feel that one day they'll be leading a worship and a guy they do something with just enter. <laughs> everybody lift up your hand. Then Johnny John will enter the <laughs> everybody put your hand down. Because, because you just saw the guy you just so as you are worshiping, you avoid his face. Everybody after sometimes when you see us look scared to face because you remembered somebody is an ex. An ex is in the service. Hey! It's like if they don't break if they break your heart wrongly. Oh my god. My God. That's how the gentleman will enter. So let's welcome my brother prophet. Brother prophet. And the the part of a human being is that we never want to associate, uh, associate someone's new grace with the blessing on their life. We always want to go back to what they did, not what they are doing. So it's hard for us. He's a prophet. Since when? <laughs> Since you left him. <laughs> chooses the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. And I've noticed God's regime, his resume is very interesting. God will always choose strange, strange people. Horrible people. We smokers to do the work. Like Bishop I said before that I used to smoke weed. Some of you are too good for God to use. You are too good. Like your whole life you've done nothing. You've really done nothing. Well, holy dove. White dove without speck. You are the dove that they released from the ark of Noah and flew to spy the earth, whether there was flood or land. Holy dove. Yeah. That's why God is struggling to use you. You believe yourself. That's why last week I taught you crucified life. Some of you believe you have not failed enough. If you fail enough, eh, 
That's why you realize as you are promising it to dawn on you, I'm going to fail. Like I've just I've just invoked a failure. Yeah. You have not failed enough. You are too good. You are too holy. You have kept the law all your life. And there's Peter who is mannerless. Peter, mannerless. And the shocking thing about Jesus is that Jesus did, look, look, do you know what it means for your master to be dejected on the cross? Jesus' hour of need, they were not there. In fact, they started it in the garden. Bible says Jesus was so sorrowful that he affected them and they were also sorrowful. But they still didn't pray. Because they've never seen Jesus sad before, but Jesus is so sad, it's affecting them. And the guys still didn't pray. They cared less. They came for Jesus, they scatter. All of them, James, John, Andrew, Bartholomew, Tardos, they, they, they brown Jesus. They can't find Jesus, they deflect Jesus. And Jesus now comes on the cross. And it tells me their level of commitment. I don't know who they are now following. After Jesus has descended from the cross, I think that morning he went to the Father to have some meetings with the Father. Because he was appearing and disappearing anyway. So Jesus was no, no longer with them like he used to be when he was on earth. So that day he was not there. And Peter just woke up and said, I go fishing. I go fishing. Jesus has resurrected. He has shown you his hand. Thomas has tested it if it's true. That Gani Gani, the man has come back to life. Peter has the audacity after everything he has done to say, I go fishing. And what shocks me, Christ, is that they didn't even rebuke Peter. John! The beloved! Thomas! They all joined Peter and went into the water. They followed their assistant more than the man. And when Jesus showed up, he didn't rebuke them. He just stood at the shore and sat there and said, <laughs> Children, have you any fish? He said, No, sir. We have thought all night. Then it dawned on Peter. Ah, look, five has happened again. We thought all night last time. The first day I saw him, this is what happened. And this is the last day I'll play this game again. Bible said, No, I, I told you last week, he was so naked. Bible said, as soon as he realized the Lord, he took a garment to cover himself. I wonder what kind of. I don't know whether he's weaving in the water for the fish to come in. You know, sometimes people do that. They weave in the water. The fish like ammonia. Yeah. Oh, if you don't know, yeah. some fishermen weave and it invites fishes around. You don't know. Don't go weave you. <laughs> a shark will come for you. Amen. Yeah. He's naked in the boat. And Jesus didn't rebuke this guy. Now I'm going to show you something. I didn't say last week, but let me say it today. You are expecting from yourself what God is not even expecting from you. <laughs> you are expecting from yourself what God is not even expecting from you. That's why you are, you are feeling down. It's Satan. It's, I will tell you on the authority of the spirit is the devil. Or where we can play religion the rest of your life. But I'm telling you, if you are going to ever relate to this almighty God on do's and don'ts, you realize you are failing all the time. No, but in fact, if you want to follow the law, you can follow. But do you know what it means to follow the law? No, do you know what it means? Number one, to follow the Lord means that you must obey the commandments. All the law you must fulfill. And you must be sinless. In thought, in word, in deed, in posture. Because scripture said a haughty look God hates. So even the way you look at things, the way you walk, that one cry can be seen. So if you want to follow the law, 
you must be holy in thought. And I tell you the truth. <laughs> Even right now as we are speaking, some people are sinning in their heads. They are sinning in their head. Holy in thoughts. Holy in words. Have you ever realized you can insult? And so forget yourself. The Holy Ghost must remind you. And the people, but sometimes the Holy Ghost doesn't even have the opportunity to remind you. So a message must not remind you that, ah, you don't talk well. You don't even know you don't talk well. You, a lot of you, you trust yourself. Like you believe yourself that you are holy. You are not holy, it's grace. It's sympathy. I'm telling you, I know, I know. It's grace. You, you, it's pride, actually. Because if you can do it by yourself, then God didn't have to come and die. Please hear me on this message on righteousness. If you understand this thing, it will change the way you pray. Do you know that Adam was working with God and God knew Adam had problems? He didn't talk. Didn't he just see Adam having a plan that he wants to eat a fruit? But God rather can say, Adam, where are you? Let's take a stroll. Oh, Adam, I've missed you today, pal. You have missed me. Eh? So how's the life? How is life going? If it's nice. What kind of Adam personal? I'm talking to you about ourselves. You are bringing sit down. Bongo, bongo, banza Adam. Yeah, banza Adam. <laughs> Eve is nice. <laughs> anyway, that's how he was also talking to the Lord. He was talking to the Lord about Eve. That you have given me a good counterpart. This is a nice thing. God didn't ever bring it up that what is it you have been thinking? You know, a lot of you, you see God wrongly. It's not good. That's why you are not going for it in your Christian life. We all follow. Hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, if I, if I didn't fall, how will I know the things I know? Yeah. We've all fallen before. We have all been in things that we have asked God to help us. But the goal of it is that we learned a long time ago that He's my righteousness. And I'm encouraging you today. In fact, this is another mystery of the crucified life. Why your righteousness is not what you are doing. Your righteousness is not what you are doing. It's a gift. He has given it to you. He has given it to you. Say, I have received his righteousness. It's not what I do. It's what he has said. Say, it's not what I do. It's what he has said. Because they use it to fight in the sun. To dazzle the enemy. If you know this, Satan has lost. I said, if you know this, Satan has... This is the difference between David and Saul. Saul believed himself. He wants to do something to atone. You see, he has done a mistake. Oh, and look at what Saul does. Now, I was meditating on the thing a man ago. I realized that when Saul realized that, no, this thing that Samuel is saying, God has left me. Then, he should follow me. But look at the mystery. In his mind. When I go and offer all the animals I kept for the Lord. Then God can change his mind. But immediately as he was going, telling Saul and Samuel to help him to go and offer sacrifices. Because in his mind, if he can do something religious by his own effort, he will stop God from getting angry. Nothing you do can stop the judgment of God. That's why he had to do it for us. That's why he had to do it for us. There's, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know why God didn't collect Ishmael? If anything at all, God would have said, give me Ishmael. He now don't even want him to relate. It's a mistake. Let me kill him. And it ends there. But God will never collect from you what he didn't give to you. So chances are that if you are here, God is not asking you to give him anything. Begin to ask, where did I get it from? Because God will not collect from you what he didn't give to you. Hmm. 
<laughs> Meditate on that thing. It will help you. Hallelujah. So as you walk in righteousness, you begin to exhibit the brilliance of God. You're blind Satan because you know who you are. I know who I am. It's not in authority. It's also in righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm the right. And I'm telling you, let me, let me say, one day, one of my sons came to me and they said, Daddy, I'm struggling with pornography. He says, that's so, it's okay. And I just told him something. He said, anytime you're about to watch it, as you are dialing the numbers and the address, confess I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. WW dot. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Click. I am the righteousness of God. As soon as you see the first naked woman, I am the righteousness of God. He said, by the time he did it, after five minutes, the thing that first kicking him, you know, kick. There was no kick again. He said, I was just watching the thing. I was like, ah. he is not having any feeling. And the righteousness of God. Let me show you something. The sweetness of sin is the poison of sin. When sin loses its poison and sweetness, the same thing you used to do, you will try it and you don't feel like doing it again because there's no sweetness in it. It's called the pleasures of sin for a moment. The righteousness of God will take the taste for sin out. So, no, I'm telling of course, all of us are here. Pastor having to go online and by mistake, a naked woman pop on your yes, Several times. Last week. Yeah, it's not even last week. You'll be typing all of a sudden, bam. Then a naked woman is dancing, her breast is like, hey! But the difference is that there's no more taste. So you don't pursue it. We'll move on. I remember those days when we were growing up. As soon as they are kissing on TV, your mother will cover your eyes. Cut away. And I realized that the nature of man, that's the one who just get out as if we are not there. They will do like we are going to wee And if your mother does not watch well, you are behind the window. <laughs> so this is what they don't want us to watch. Hey! But I've noticed, man of God, it's the nature of man. Aside the nature of men, as in human beings, it is particularly in men. Yeah. Usually the one you say you shouldn't do, that's what you do. But if you want to, if you want to, I'm trying to remind the trick. Tell honey, you can go out. You go. <laughs> honey, don't go out. He'll go. So, <laughs> I'll spoil the men's plan. I mean, I'll spoil their plan. Yeah. Am I lying? Yeah. Usually the opposite is what we'll do. Why shouldn't we do it? We'll do it. So if you don't want us to go out, say, honey, feel free. Anytime you want to hang out, if you want to go, he'll sit there and say, as he's going out the door, he say, why is she saying, I can go at any time? No, 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 there's something up. What? So you come and ask, why? Why do you, do you, you don't want me around? Yeah. You ask questions. Oh, I'm okay. You can go. Ah, you are okay. I should go out. You are not angry. You are fine. Wow, 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 wow. And I should call you when I get there. As soon as we start the engine, we turn the left turn, we'll come back. We won't go again. We don't know why. <laughs> why you are happy we are living in our house. Hallelujah. Beloved, once you know your righteousness, you'll blind Satan. You'll blind the devil. It's a shiny garment. It shines to blind the enemy. 
It shines to blind the enemy. And this is the reason why when God was relating with man, God, Bible says, now listen, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, sorry, chapter 5, verse 17, he said, therefore if any man be in Christ, is a new creation, all things are passed away, all things have become new. 18 says what? What does 18 say? Quickly. Second Corinthians 5, 18. What does it say? And all things are of God, uh-huh. who, who has, has reconciled us to himself, uh-huh. and Jesus For what? Christ, and had given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Uh-huh. Yes, then it says what? To wait that God was in Christ. So God was in Christ. Doing what? Reconciling the world. And doing what? Not imputing the So we think that when God shows up, He is taking our sins against us. No, I told you when I was teaching on the principles of curses, that the curse does not cause God. Now let me explain something. Evil is not God who brings Himself towards us. Evil is a choice that tells God that you don't need Him around. Hear me well. Now, if what's that message I preach on working with God, I think Pastor Z's church, I said something. Hell is the absence of God. So, the reason why hell is dark is because God is light. So, if God is not there, there will be dark. The reason why hell has hatred and bitterness is because if God is not there, the absence of love is bitterness and hatred. But that absence is not God's choice. It's man's choice. So, I told you that Jacob was not cursed by God. He said, I will not do this to bring a curse on myself. And I told you that your actions submit yourself. And I told you, right? In Romans chapter um, 6, verse 13. Whom ye ye yourself members to. He, you, you make that person your Lord. So the moment you are putting yourself under curse, evil, it's not God who has left you. It is you who left God. Are you here? So the things you do is, anytime you obey God, you are choosing God. Anytime you obey God, you are choosing God. Anytime you disobey God, you are choosing the devil. And God will not inflict and break your choice. That's one thing that limits God. And I quoted Psalm 78. Remember that. That they turned their back on God. And what? Tempted him in the wilderness. And limited the Holy One of Israel. So when I turn my back on God, based on what? My choice. And what was my choice? They often provoked him in the wilderness. And grieved him often in the desert. And they turned their back. So turning my back means I'm supposed to be with God, but now I've gone away from God and I'm doing what I'm doing. And whilst I do that, I'm tempting God. And as I tempt God, I'm limiting God. Why? Because they remembered not his hand. So anytime you are choosing something that is not God, the consequence is not God who brought... Look at what he said. Now, let me even give you a simple statement. Have you remember what God said in the garden? That thou shalt not eat of this tree. This tree in the, in the midst of the garden, right? What did he say after that? He said, in the day thou shalt eat, what shall happen? He didn't say, I'll kill you. He said what? So he's telling you that this tree, the end of it is death. I will not kill you. <laughs> God didn't impregnate the girl. You went to lie on her. Even not you, Okay. The Lord forbid that. You only learn a girl you are married to. Amen? Even I didn't hear amen. Say amen. Amen, amen. So what I'm trying to talk about here is this. The consequence is not God who brought it on you. You chose it. And everything has a reaction. The day you eat this tree, I will not kill you. I will not suck you. But you will die. Not because I will do it. But the end of the tree is death. That's why I'm even stopping you from eating it. But I'm love. So I need you to have options. So he said to Moses, I put before you today 
death and life. If God gives us only life and we are not in the opportunity for choice, then we can't be God's lovers. Because love is a choice. I choose you. I choose you. If I'm not made to have a choice in love, then that's manipulation. And God will not have people in heaven who have been manipulated to be there. So people are like, why didn't God? So one day I was on campus, I think recently school of prayer, a lady came to me and said, why didn't God kill Satan? That's not Satan's sin. And I said, you need to understand God. I think one day I'll preach God. I've been saying this for a long time, but I think you are growing up. So now I can teach on the doctrine of God. Let me show you who God is. You see, the attributes of God is what God is at every time at the same time. So God is love, God is patient, God is caring, God is foreknowing. All the things God is, he doesn't stop one and be something else. He is all at the same time. So the action of God is called righteousness. The state of God is called holy. The expression of God is called light. The person of God is called love. So his person is love, and it is mixed in his action, righteousness. So it is a loving, righteous, holy, light-bringing action. So I'm telling you, when God acts, light comes. <laughs> oh, I wish you got that. I wish you got that. I wish you got that. That's why in history, every nation, John Wesley said it. He said that any time the gospel is received, improvements come in the lives of men. So in a country that has not received the gospel, there's no light there. It's still in darkness. It's still in ages behind. Because they've not started the gospel. They are still behind in civilization. The gospel is the means of civilization. So I told the person that if God now kills Lucifer, because God is eternal, what it means is that that action has eternal consequence. It means God has invoked the law that anyone who flouts it has no choice to redeem himself. He will die on the spot. So I told the person that if Lucifer was killed, then if Adam fails, he will be killed. Because, you see, people don't get it. Because ask, then answer me this. If God didn't help the angels and decided to help man, then he fails to be just. That's why to prove his love and righteousness, man can't be killed. He will die for man. So the justice must be carried out. What I did to the angels, I will do to man. But the difference between man and the angels is that I will take the punishment on their behalf. So the next time you are talking to God and say, God, why don't you stop this from happening to me? God will say, then I should have stopped a lot of things from happening. Because he's eternal. You think God is dealing with 2021. But before God, 2021 and 0 AD, 0 BC, 0 before the millions of years began, is happening at the same time. So from the dinosaurs to our present Android app, it's all one chapter in front of God. No, try it. Go to the highest Ghana, we don't have high beings. I traveled one day and I went to a certain country. I think I was on the 70 something floor. And when I looked down and someone called me down, man of God, I'm coming. I could see the person's car from the main road moving all the way. So it's like, in the 30 minutes I'm waiting for the person, I saw the day they left, the time they were moving in traffic, all the way to the entrance of my door, and I even saw them get out of the car, climbing my stairs. This how, that's how, imagine a 73-story a building gives you such perspective. Then out of F, what perspective will you see? You can see baby, to, then out of F into heaven, what do you see? 
So the higher the height, the better the perspective. Have you ever been in a plane before? What is taking 30 minutes is taking the driver two hours. But he's on the same death road to Kumasi. So when you enter the plane, may the Lord give you grace to even start with Africa world or Starbo or something. But or something, God will give you grace. Some of you, God is going to cause you to jump. You will move from not taking Africa world. Your first plane will be uh, Emirates. It's good. I, I never understood the whole plane business till I sat in one. Then I understood why Archbishop said he prays good in the air. Oh, man. No, it gave me proper perspective. Oh, man. It made me understand that when you are in spirit time, you look slow. Because the plane is taking, I see the plane is going nowhere. And the funny thing about the air flight is that the clouds don't pass by you. Shoom, shoom, shoom. The clouds are vast. So before you bypass a cloud, it looks as if the same cloud is with you. That's how movement in the spirit is. It seems as if you are at the same spot. My beloved, we have gone 10 years ahead. And nobody knows. That's why you can sit here and live the life of the age to come in 2021. And people wonder, how do you know the things you know? Because in the spirit, whilst the car is using 5 hours to get to Kumasi, I've compressed 5 hours to 30 minutes. So on the road, I can see the car. And if I can see the entire 200 kilometers in the air. But the car seems to be moving relative to me even in the air. As if I'm not doing anything. But when you sit in the plane, in 20 minutes you just hear that. Do you know it takes you close to 7 to 10 minutes to land? If you've ever taken a plane before, it will tell you, um, ladies and gentlemen, may the Lord cause you to sit. May the Lord cause you to sit in plane. One day, may the Lord cause you to be angry. Instead of VIP, go and sit in Africa world. Practice, practice, okay? Because if you don't practice here, chances are that when you enter the plane, do you know there's something called plane sickness? Hey! And there's nothing painful that you are take, you are sick because of flight and everybody's normal. You are exposing your... <laughs> About two years ago, two months ago, I was in a plane. And the, I think it was Hamatan General Driver, so the cloud was some way. And that's where coming, the plane just, it was not a plane, no. You sit down and like, <laughs> you miss your heart is at the first level. <laughs> and so your body is dying, so your heart is still up there, like, Shh. So a woman said, Jesus! At the front seat. I just looked at Pastor Mark and said, <laughs> We laughed. Then the guys were coming, the wind was also boisterous. So that's how when you're coming, the turbulence is going left, right. The air is just moving to sudden. I said, Kona Maria Talabash. Father, I just married. <laughs> There's much to do with me in this life. Don't do this to me. So when I got down, this experience of turbulence there was three years ago. So I went to ask my brother, I said, Guy, why is it that Ghana pilot? Why, why, why? Is it that they don't know how to fly? Because sometimes eh, I want to tell the drivers that they're breaking. You should have braked a long time ago. Why? That is like now you are realizing you have to break and there you can feel the plane. It's as if it breaks and it's what, what is this? So I asked, I said, so oh, no plane can get a crash because of turbulence. I'm telling you, that was the last time I ever cared about turbulence. Then I came to understand that you see, if you will be wise in this life, in the spirit, knowledge is your freedom. Once you know a thing can kill you. Try because you settled it here, it can never. P- 
People die of cancer because they say cancer is a death sentence. But if you ever have it in your head that cancer can never kill me. If you turn 70 and God allows cancer in your body, you just smile at God and say, you know we'll do a testimony out of this. We'll handle this for the next 30 years. No chemo whatsoever. And we'll show the report. My plastic stage. But still, I lived another 30 years. Eating normal. Looking okay. But the people here, they have cancer. They start getting depressed. And within two weeks, they die. No, check it. They don't know what's happening to them. They will manage for two years till they declare what is happening. It's assuming three months. The person is dead. It's the fear of death. It's not death. It's the fear of death that kills them. If you are here and say, Prophet, but you don't know, then it tells me you need more work. If you are still saying your heart, Prophet, you don't know, then you need more work. Because this life we've come to a let me, let me be honest with you. When you wake up in the morning, life is designed to fight you. No, no morning wake up and smile and say, good day, sir. What do you want for the day? Do you want money? Do you want house? Get it free. No. When you wake up, the day is designed to fight you. But you are a master of the day. So when you wake up, you say, in the name of Jesus, I dominate this day. You produce for me. I sit in my house and they sign checks for me. I will not waste my time. No, no, no. You speak from your room. And that's how your day will become like. What contract are you looking for? Do it in your room. Begging men waste your time. Go and do it in your room. Mention the name. In the name of Jesus. I'm favored on every side. If you don't even get the first time, you get the second time. You don't get this law of the Spirit. Oh. Hallelujah. Say, God. It's not expecting from me what I'm even expecting from myself. Don't get me wrong. I just showed you a very powerful key in what I said. There are consequences to the things you are doing. Your tomfoolery. There are small consequences to it. Joking around, sleeping with everybody, drinking alcohol, uh, chilling, watching porn. There's something happening to you if you don't know. Something's happening to you. I told you it's called the spirit of the world. Once it shows up in your life, the Bible says you will not hear the spirit of the Lord. He has not given the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God that we may know. So what fights your knowledge of the free things is the spirit of worldliness that causes you to do the things you are doing. And trust me, every day you allow it, you are weakening your resolve. You know some of you, Satan has planned your fall. You don't know. He has written a chart. <laughs> Oh yeah, development plan. For the first four years, pornography without touching themselves. So you watch porn and you go like, ah, two people masturbate after pornography. Wow, I never knew that. Then in your fifth year, mm, you know, certain things will happen. <laughs> then after five years, another 15 years, you are under this bondage. But in that 15 years, Satan will allow you to marry. Then when you marry, your wife is never enough. Mm. So, in the plan, wife won't be enough. Side chick. Then side chick. You see, it's a flowchart. He's <laughs> dry a graph. Yes. I'm, you, some of you don't know. Some of you, you are hit right now in the spirit. Eh? Satan knows that if he comes now, he won't get you. That's why if you notice, Satan waited. When he was alone, he tried Jesus. It didn't work. He now came when Jesus had company. 
So now that Jesus had members, Luke 22, the Bible says, and Satan entered Judas. That's how Luke 22 starts. He entered Judas, and Judas went to sell Jesus Christ. Then after Judas went to finish the transaction, he came for Peter. <laughs> so he was around. So if Peter also gave him, he would come for John. Then he would come for Thaddeus. Still, everybody leaves him. And that type of living, uh, it was going to be a permanent one. So don't think you are on fire now. So that's why I told you last two weeks. Put water. You, your beard must be watered. Before it catches fire and say, I'm come to stop. Uh-uh. Water it now. Because I don't think anybody here intended to have a side check. Or has intended to have a side check when they marry. No. Everyone was married was like, my wife is the only one. Man of God, I love her. When they are dating, hi. Their eyes are glued like, ah. Now, even in heaven, I'll marry her. She's everything to me. She's my ice water. <laughs> As you are talking like that, without prayer and revelation, they have drawn a chart. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself why many pastors go like, we used to pray. Ask yourself, why are they not praying now? It's a chart. Have you ever asked yourself why a pastor started out loving? Then after a while, politics. It's a chart. That's why this life, eh, your spirituality is your greatest asset. Because at every time Satan is about to creep in with a spirit that is contrary to the spirit of God, you will know this is not God and you back off. Because we all face the temptation. But it's the spirituality you carry that makes you say, no, I can't decide this. Do you think that, I mean recently when I was talking about it, do you think that everybody decides that I'll just walk away from the man of God? No, it's a plan. Satan knows that you, your breakthrough is in this man of God. Hmm. I'll preach a message. I'll preach a message. Jesus Christ. Do you know your blessings in the man of God's mouth? Hey. Some of you will never get contract in your life. If they, no, I'm, I'm, oh, Radhi and Kupon. You will never get breakthrough if they don't speak it over you. And not everybody can speak over you. There are people God chooses that this one, when he tells you you will make it, I, the Lord, will cause it to happen. And that's the very thing God will come and weaken. So the very one who pronounced the same part and is working. I traveled into Nigeria. And when I came home, I think Kelo came to me. I was like, you said when I traveled, your head was swollen. He has swollen. So I don't know what swollen was. He said his head was swollen. His face had disfigured. Or delete the disfigure your face. The size was swollen. It was bigger than usual. And the center too. <laughs> he told me. So when I came and said that, when you traveled my head, I said, is that so? Don't worry, I'm back. So the next morning, was it the same day? The next morning, I asked you, Kelo, so how far is your head? He said, ha, Jesus, it's not there. I said, yes, I can't be here. And Satan will be causing your head to swell. <laughs> no, do you understand? So some of you don't realize that your being around there has delivered you from death. But you think that, oh, um, he has not really, you know. Today, Dr. Tell was teaching at Prophet Manasseh. He said something very remarkable. That the church is, a, is very interesting. We criticize fake pastors, but we give to them. Those who have sold oil, <laughs> those who have sold honey, uh-huh. okay, okay, oh. it's, uh, who have given to fake pastors, it's not done your hair. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. They have given to fake pastors, but when a genuine pastor, God tells you that come and sow in his life or the church goes like, oh, the way prophet is, let's bless him. They're like, it's too much, it's too much. But the fake one will give. Prophet, you come and even tell me that a man of God said this and he said, come and sow this. As soon as you say it, I say in my heart, he lied to you. Yeah. 
the lady came to me and said, Prophet, I want you to pray for me. Oh, leave. And she said, oh, because of that, we are traveling to Nigeria, to T.B. Joshua. You know what the Holy Ghost told me? He says, if you can't give it to her, T.B. Joshua will give it to her. Mm. I said, Lord, why? He said, because you are the means for her miracle. Mm. You travel to the wrong places when God has put the thing around your nose. Yes. He is here. It's just a word away oh, that you are free. Go. That's the last time. But you pass here, you listen to everybody except the one God has given you. That's why you will never be free. Sorry. I, I can't punch you. Please, please. I should punch you. It's, it's, it's a blessing. You are the people who make us go off. So <laughs> I should, it's a blessing. I, I, I like that. You should rather say that it's okay. See, these are people I can do that to. Some of when I do this to you, <laughs> that's the last time. <laughs> How the prophet disgraced me like that. Blessing, hallelujah, hallelujah, yeah. So, um, we thank God. Um, he sent me a message, he has to attend to other things, and um, so tomorrow, tomorrow we'll continue, hallelujah, <coughs> yeah. Tomorrow we'll continue, yeah. We are handling it up to Friday, um. Tomorrow will continue. Hallelujah. Have you been blessed? Righteousness. Someone say righteousness. Someone say righteousness. Uh, have you learned a lot? Yeah, I know you have learned a lot. The Lord bless you so much. So we'll be meeting in our next session, 6 p.m. GMT, um, on engaging the gates of heaven. Engaging the gates of heaven, 6 p.m. GMT, the moment of crosses continues this evening 6 p.m gmt so make sure you come around the lord will bless you hallelujah god bless you so much for coming around um it's been a wonderful time i don't take your presence for granted i don't take your sacrifice for granted i know god is doing something for you anything you have any testimony anything make sure you share with us on the page the lord will bless you god bless you so much touch you at 6 p.m moment of crosses the lord will bless you my name it's Mr. Douglas Okay. The Lord bless you. Bye bye.